Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. Crowd on their feet here at Tropicana Field. Two on, two out, one in. Swing and a miss. He struck him out and the Rays win. This is Rays Radio. Looked in the air to center field. Charging Kiermaier still coming on. Dives and he, did he hold it? Welcome to Countdown to Opening Day. Yes, he did, and the side retired. Coming up, we bring you the inside scoop from Rays players, coaches, and front office executives as the Rays prep for 2016. Two pitch, lifted down the left field line. Pierce giving chase to the corner, to the wall, off the pole, it's a home run. Evan Longoria with a two-homer night. To get you ready for Opening Day, here are the voices of the Rays. Welcome, everyone, to Countdown to Opening Day. It is our weekly show, talking Rays baseball as we truly count down to Opening Day, April the 3rd, for the Rays against the Toronto Blue Jays. It's a Sunday Opening Day game this year, 4 o'clock that day at Tropicana Field. But we've got spring training truly coming up. I'm Andy Freed, along with Dave Wills, and Dave, it is three days away until that little phrase that uh, every time it is said, I think everyone gets a little bit excited, pitchers and catchers. They are, not only are they about to report, many of them have already reported. Many have already reported, as have we. We are down in Port Charlotte uh, doing the show here tonight, and again, it's good to be back at Charlotte Sports Park to uh, get ready for home, spring home, if you will, and uh, the ballpark looks tremendous. Uh, Kenny and the boys and Jeff uh, spruced up all the offices, some fresh coats of paint, and so uh, everybody's amped up and ready to go here in this 2016 season. And, oh, what a difference a year makes. I think last year we all kind of went into the season wondering, what's going to happen? We've got a new guy in charge of baseball operations. We've got a new guy as a manager. There was a lot of newness and a lot of kind of feeling out, it seemed like, going on in the early part of spring training last year. This year, a totally different vibe. It looks like Matt Silverman, who we'll talk to a little bit later on in today's show, seems to be a little more relaxed. I joked with him before we uh, sat down with him, and I said, uh, Matt, it, it, you know, it's, it's good to see a smile again. I didn't see him smile a whole lot last year. And, you know, he, he admitted off air that uh, it was kind of a, a, a strenuous kind of a season for him because of everything that went, went on. I mean, you know, good friends moved on. And then he was put into a position that he was trying to learn on the fly and working with Eric Neander and Heim Bloom and uh, all the guys in the baseball operations staff. So, you know, it was one of those things where I don't really know he had a whole lot of time to catch his breath. I think he's been allowed to do that. I've liked some of the tweaks he's made, again, to this roster. Uh, am I going to miss Jake McGee, as I said last week? Yes, I'm going to miss him a lot. But I think there's, uh, again, 
again, some interesting uh, pieces down in the bullpen, and uh, we'll see how that fills out and how that plays out as spring training goes along. Also, speaking of which, an interesting note today in the bullpen is the Rays did sign uh, relief pitcher Ryan Webb to a one-year major league contract. He's 30 years old. He spent a number of major league seasons with the Padres, the Marlins, the Orioles, and the Indians. He's got an overall ERA of about uh, three and a half, a little under three and a half, and he's a big ground ball guy, which would play well usually with our very good infield defense. So I think he's going to fit in rather nicely in that like 6th, 7th, 8th inning kind of slot to give us some depth there. But uh, as Kevin uh, we alluded to during our press conference today, Kevin was talking about how it's a real different feeling for him too. Kevin Cash saying that not only is he seeing a lot of guys around camp, he's been here for a few days now, I think he got down here Sunday night. But, uh, you know, again, when you see a guy, it's not walking up to him and going, hi, I'm Kevin Cash. Now it's good to see guys and there's hugs and what went on during the offseason, and he talked about seeing a lot of the guys at the ballpark today. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what we want as an organization. We probably had 40, close to 50 guys out there today. Uh, the big difference to this year is that when you see him, you go up, run up, and give him a hug, and how's the offseason? There's a lot of energy, whereas last year there was more shaking hands and introducing. Um, so in, just coming in off the field today, I saw Xavier Cedeno and uh, Alex Colomay come out there and you know, last year it was different. I probably would walk over there and kind of somewhat of an awkward conversation. This year you're kidding around with them. And uh, you can, it's a credit to the, to the guys, their work ethic, to, to get out here. I mean, a lot of them are up north and they want to get in the sunshine and, and get on the field. But uh, nobody has to do that. And we've got a number of guys that have been here over the last couple of weeks already prepping for uh, you know, that first day of spring training. Well, it is a, a very different feel for Kevin. I could even tell Dave today at the press conference just how much more loose he was, how much more relaxed he was. You, you can picture at any time in your life when you've started something new, a new job. You know, you start high school, you're in your freshman year. Everything is just a little bit uh, different. It's all about the changes and, and, and the way that was a year ago. And now it seems like everyone is a lot more settled in. And, you know, one guy that I think Kevin Cash really wanted – to manage last year that didn't get the chance to, except for about 20, what, 28 games, was Desmond Jennings. And how many years, Dave, have you and I sat here on countdown to opening day and say if Desmond Jennings could have the kind of year that we, that we thought. And this time a year ago, too, he was more of a middle-of-the-order guy. Uh, I understand he slimmed down a little bit. Kevin talked about that today, about getting a chance to see Desmond Jennings and how we finally want to see, and I know Desmond does, too, what he could really be for this team. Desmond's in a, in a good spot. Uh, you know, we all know it was a trying season for him. Uh, between the knee and then at the end of the year with the uh, the tooth or the infection, which actually caused a considerable amount of pain. Uh, but seeing him at the trop the other day, uh, Desmond has uh, appears like he's lost a couple pounds, not that he needed to, but w being um, smart about the workload and his, his legs. Uh, so he seems to be very eager to come in, and, and we're excited to have Desmond. I mean, we saw him briefly, but when – when we did see him last year, he can really impact our club in a lot of positive ways. Well, there's no doubt, Andy, that uh, Desmond Jennings can be a big, big part of this offense. And it's funny because, you know, as we talk about everything that went on during this offseason, we always seem to always want to talk about the acquisitions. You know, the guys like Logan Morrison, uh, you know, Corey Dickerson, who's going to fill out the middle part of the lineup. And people are still talking about his impressive BPs so far as he's come down uh, to Florida and started working out. You know, they talk about Kevin Kiermeyer in center field. And, you know, we're talking about some of the new guys on the infield as well. Steve Pierce, who can play infield and outfield. We, we seem to forget to talk about the guys who've already been here. And I know, again, it's been very disappointing, not only for us as fans, but as uh, for Desmond personally to, to, to go through what he's gone through the last couple of years because we all feel that he can be a big-time difference maker on this team. And when he's good, 
he's as good, if not better, than almost anybody on this team. So, you know, don't count him out yet. Uh, again, I'm not counting on him so much because of what's happened the last couple of years, but don't count him out. Another interesting guy like that, too, could be James Loney. Now, we're getting a lot of reports that James has worked out very, very hard this offseason. It's a contract year for him. It could be kind of interesting to see what happens with him. And I know a year ago at this time we were talking about a David DeJesus and how he was all but gone. We needed him, as it turned out, and he was maybe our best offensive player for about the first six or eight weeks of the season. Absolutely. And, you know, James Loney, too, for as injured as he was last year, that was really new for him. He has never been a, a guy that's been a, a player on the DL, and he had two different stints on it a season ago. We can't forget that this is the same James Loney uh, that was a driving force for this team defensively and offensively in 2013. Uh, this is the third year of the three-year deal. Uh, suffice it to say, the first year was, was not bad. Last year, a very disappointing year that I know he would say as well. So this year, contract year, as you pointed out, you can't get, you know, it's, you, you want to say that uh, it, it shouldn't make a difference, but look, he's playing for uh, his next contract. What might be his last contract. No question last about good it. one. Mm-hmm. Yep, because you can fade from this game very quickly, and I don't think that's going to happen for James. I think he's too talented, and as I've often said, I think there's a lot more desire uh, with James Loney than maybe you might see on the field. He comes off as a very quiet guy, but he's a bright kid, and he's a guy that I think really wants to succeed. And, and look, he can only – like Matt Silverman was saying about Desmond Jennings, when he's on the field, sometimes he's the best player on the field. James Loney can be in that mold too. One of the big things for a lot of teams this offseason, they kind of emulate and follow up as to what the team that made it to the World Series and won did. And the Royals have been a team that has been built over the last few years of thickness in their bullpen. They have a lead after five or six innings. The game is almost all but over. Now, there's a hole to fill with Jake McGee moving on. We've talked about that for the past couple of weeks. But Kevin Cash was asked uh, earlier today about some of the bullpen pieces. We know Boxberger's the closer, but how does he maybe see some of the other things fill out? It's fair to say what Box did. He's kind of put himself in that role, and he, he did a tremendous job for us last year. Uh, we are going to have to find some things out on the, on the bullpen, like Matt alluded to. The one thing I think looking going into this spring that will be a little bit different is we're going to challenge some of our pitchers to, to extend themselves a little bit from the bullpen. So uh, maybe not quite so many one-inning guys, and let's have some guys that can get us four-plus four outs uh, and, and you know, add to our, the dynamic of how we want to run things. So, but, no, we're, I don't think anybody is set in stone saying uh, we have to have an eighth-inning guy. Yeah, that bullpen is going to be a very interesting part of this season. Uh, it, it, do you put a question mark on the bullpen right now? I think you have to a little bit. Uh, if you lose a guy like Jake McGee, and I shouldn't say lost him, he was dealt for a, a Corey Dickerson, a guy that uh, is going to be vital to this team, so a necessary piece. But let's face it, when Jake McGee would come into the game, Dave, that was the guy that you really felt as much as anyone else over the last several years okay, this game is probably going to get locked down right now. So if you don't have him, then you have Coleman, you have Romero and, and Danny Farquhar, Ryan Webb, you just mentioned the Rays sign. To me, that might be the most interesting part of spring training is who fills in these roles and, and, uh, and are they going to change kind of philosophically, guys carrying over from one inning to the next. I think we could see some of that too. Yeah, they did talk about that a little bit, about wanting to stretch out some of the relievers so they're all just not one-and-done guys. There might be some guys that might have to go four, five, six, seven outs to, to help kind of secure and uh, save that bullpen for the entire season. But I think, too, they're probably going to have to ask the starters to go a little bit deeper as well. But as we get ready for this uh, opening day, and again, it's on April the 3rd, and we're here at Port Charlotte uh, at Charlotte Sports Park recording today's show, talking about uh, the show here tonight. And the thing is, a lot of people are talking about the – Predictions. I mean, everybody does that. It's that time of year when everybody comes out with who's going to win, who's going to end up where. Well, there's been some some mixed thoughts on the race. Some have us right around 500. 
which I can buy into. Then there's others who have us a little bit better, which, again, I think, given our starting staff, I can buy into that as well. But the Pocota ratings came out uh, the other day, and they had us at 91 and 71. And both Matt Silverman and Kevin Cash liked what they heard. We haven't talked about it that much. It, In a way, it, it, it counters... Uh, you know some some of the pundits and and their thinking, and you balance it out, and you know what we're we're going into the season feeling good. Um, you know the the. I think it's a great computer. <laughs> we should, maybe we should buy one. <laughs> well, I have a feeling there are a few computers at Tropicana Field these days. Uh, they have more than one. They have many, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it's always fun to see when you look back how many people thought last year uh, which team would win and which team actually did win. And uh, the Rays are hoping on the fact that Pakoda's pretty darn good computer. Maybe it means an October trip this year for the Rays. Well, with the Rays' new Big 22 plan, you can get tickets to the biggest games, matchups, and giveaways and access to the new Rays Rewards points program for season ticket holders, all while saving up to $140. Call 888-FAN-RAYS or visit RaysBaseball.com today. Raise up with Dave Wills. I'm Andy Freed. Lots to go here on our Countdown to Opening Day radio show. Later on, Neil Solans will be visiting with Matt Moore. And when we come back, Dave and I got a chance to talk to Rays President of Baseball Operations, Matt Silverman. That's coming up next on Countdown to Opening Day, 620 WDAE and the Rays Radio Network. Rays Fan Fest is back on Saturday, February 27th at Tropicana Field. Play games on the field, meet the Rays radio team, and interact with players as the Rays kick off the new baseball season. Fan Fest is free for all fans. It is open from 11 to 4 p.m. Call 888-FAN-RAYS or visit RaysBaseball.com today. Rays up. With Andy Freed, I'm Dave Wills. We continue our countdown to opening day show. We're live from Port Charlotte home of uh, the Rays spring training, where they're going to be getting going here in just a couple of days. And earlier today, Matt Silverman and uh, Kevin Cash sat down with the media and went over a few things as we prep for this season. And Matt uh, joins us right now. And Matt, uh, jokingly, I kind of said, are you having more fun? I mean, it seemed to me like last year, again, it was such a whirlwind with everything that kind of came down when the season was over, with Andrew moving on, with Joe moving on, you becoming the baseball operations president, and uh, things moving at uh, lightning speed, for uh, lack of a better term. It seemed like you never really probably had a chance to kind of get settled. It seems like now things are settling down, and we're starting to see a smile a little more, too. Yeah, I, th- I feel like uh, we're all more comfortable, and we all have a sense of what's ahead. The relationships are in place. Last year, uh, it it seemed like there wasn't any breathing room. And each time we completed a task, we just went on to the next one and spring training started and it was just, uh, it was a blur. Uh, but now, you know, with a year under our belts, you know, Eric, Haim, James, uh, the leadership that we have on the baseball side, we've worked together for a year and there's just more of a rhythm. There's more camaraderie uh, and, and just a greater comfort level with each other. So when you look back to last year, uh, how do you reflect on it with regard to what happened on the field? We got to 80 wins, which... For me, that meant something. Uh, 80 was better than 79. Uh, winning that last game meant something. I don't, I don't know exactly why. Did it mean something to you guys? And, and what were some of the evaluations right off the bat that you were able to, to tackle as goals heading into 2016? 80 wins was important. Um, and, and getting our first Grand Slam of the year was also important <laughs> in that final game uh, of the year. Uh, it, it, it just gave us a little bit more momentum and and more confirmation that we were moving in the right direction. Uh, it was a season that of, of what could have been. If you think about the injuries, the guys who weren't on the field, uh, whether it's Alex Cobb, whether it's Matt Moore, Drew Smiley, Jake Odorizzi, James Loney, Desmond Jennings, Stephen Souza, and I'm going to keep going. Um, those are 
those are losses that not many teams can can get past. And we were able to compete for as long as we could. We've you know we had that really rough stretch in the summer, couldn't come back, but um, you know the, the talent level is there, and we were able to take that talent level and build on it this off season with some additions, with some trades, and we feel like. We're not as deep on the pitching side, but we're more talented on the offensive side, and it's going to be a little bit of a different look, but a, but a really compelling roster that we have coming into spring. You know, Matt, one of the things I've been trying to tell fans, and I think what happened was, again, we spoiled them for so many years. I mean, uh, you know, I grew up in Chicago and uh, in my lifetime. I think uh, from the time I got there until the time I left, the White Sox went to maybe three playoff appearances from 1964 to 2004 and uh, we went four times in six years and I think fans kind of started to think well this is kind of easy and I don't know if we ever thought too that that's the way it was always supposed to be but all right we've kind of I don't want to say stubbed our toe the last couple of years but we didn't get to where we want to go but we're also trying to do something that's not easy and that is get back to the promised land or get back to the postseason without getting bad. And I don't think fans understand how tough that is either because when you look at the four teams that were the Final Four last year, all those teams were bottom feeders for a while and used real high draft picks and then were able to use some free agency acquisitions to get to where they wanted to go. We're trying to do it again without going down, you know, mediocre to, to good again. is not an easy task. No, and we, we do it our own way. Uh, a lot of clubs go through a different model and they're – they rebuild. Um, they have a couple of years that are that are tough to watch, but they're able to replenish. We've been trying to do it on the fly and make sure that uh, we're mindful of our minor league system. We're mindful of the the future talent level, but also give this club a chance to compete year in and year out. We've been able to do it, and I, I hope we're going to be able to to do that for years to come. Uh, all we know is what we have in 2016, and it's a club that on paper looks good. Uh, it looks as good as it can for the payroll that we have and the way we compare ourselves to the other clubs that spend double or triple what we do. Um, it, it's, a, it's a good roster. Um, so uh, there's a confidence, uh, and, and I think also there's an organizational mindset with the front office and with the players that we can win. Um, and it, it's, not, it's not being a, a braggart. It's not, it's not false confidence, but it just comes from the experiences that we've had and our ability to overcome some of the odds that, that we face every year. Some of the pundits, uh, again, as we visit with Ray's uh, president of baseball operations, Matt Silverman, here in our countdown to opening day show with Andy Freed. I'm Dave Wills. Some of the pundits pick us from anywhere from first to last. Uh, the computers came out. Some of them are picking us for first. Uh, again, I think it's telling us once again that the American League East can be kind of up for grabs uh, here in, in 2016. You, you talked about how you like your roster. Compare and contrast it maybe from last year to this year. I know there's some more thickness offensively. I think our starting staff, again, our starting staff looked pretty good last year until Alex Cobb went down and then we lost Drew Smiley for a little while. But our starting staff is as thick as any teams in the American League, maybe even in baseball. Our bullpen, well, it's kind of a work in progress, but what new? I mean, most bullpens are, are works in progress coming into season. No, and the bullpen is a work in progress. Um, each year, we, we do need to reinvent our bullpen in some way. Uh, there's lots of variance year-to-year in performances of, of those arms, and so we feel like we have the right number of arms, uh, the right variety of arms to be able to put together a, a compelling pen. It may not be the strength of the club, but we're not able to, you know, with the resources that we have, the constraints that we have, we're not able to feel great about all parts of our club at all time. Uh, but we, we feel like... We feel okay about it, and the starting pitching is going to be our strength and has been and needs to be for us to be able to compete. On the offensive side, like you said, we've, we've 
upgraded. Uh, you're going to look at a lineup next year, especially versus right-handed pitching, that's a lot more formidable one through nine, and it's going to be a lot more difficult for, for pitchers to get through that lineup. We're going to be able to hopefully put up those crooked numbers, not just score one run here and there, but actually have some big innings and give a little bit of breathing room to the staff, and I know they'll be, uh, they'll be itching for that because we play a lot of tight ball games. Yeah, I wonder about just what you're talking about because you, you look at various years where the Rays probably pitched well enough to to go deep into postseason, but the offense wasn't quite there. And yet the Rays double, triple, quadruple down on pitching, which, look, pitching and defense wins you championships. There's no question about that. But this this year, trading some pitching to get some hitting. was In your mind, was there an organizational change in the philosophy? Say, look, how many years do we, quote-unquote, waste good starting pitching to get this offense. And I'm speaking, of course, about the Dickerson deal. That, that's a big part of it, along with some of the other guys we got. Yeah, you, you look at our pitching, and, and we're down Nate Carnes, and, and, and we're down Jake McGee. And those were big parts of our season last year. We happen to have depth at starting pitching and really high-talented starting pitchers. Um, and so I feel like our rotation, while not as deep, won't miss a beat. And then you have Cobb and, and Whitley scheduled to come back uh, after the All-Star break. So... Um, that part is, is really solid. Uh, and in return, we were able to, to get three hitters and Danny Farquhar as a reliever. But those three hitters can be mainstays in our lineup. And three left-handed bats uh, that have power dimension, um, proven hitters, guys may have had a, a tough season the year before, but guys with a, a nice track, track record, they know how to hit. And you add them to this lineup and, and with some of the established guys that we have, it's going to be a more difficult lineup for guys to face. And I, I don't think there was that fear factor last year with our lineup, especially when you looked at the bottom of the lineup. You, there were some soft spots. There aren't going to be those soft spots this year. There were some fear factors, whether or not we were going to get a hit, whether or not we were going to score a run. But that's for us broadcasters to worry about, not for uh, a baseball uh, operations president. But with that being said, as we look ahead to spring training here, and it's getting started in a couple of days, I know in, in the conversations that we had uh, just earlier today with yourself and Kevin Cash, you have to be very, very pleased with the fact that there are dozens of dozens of guys down here already working out, chopping at the bit, ready to get going. There have been a number of guys working out of Tropicana Field all uh, winter long since uh, the calendar turned to 2016. I, I know it's our job in the media and as broadcasters to pick out spots where we look. I know everybody's talking about outfield, first base, catcher, but uh, to me, again, I'm kind of intrigued to see how things happen again back up the middle. I think that's the strength of teams. We're still pitching and defense in our DNA. Uh, The catching situation, the shortstop situation, and the center field situation we think is set, and we think second base is pretty good, but uh, what are some of the things that you'll be keeping a very, very close eye on once the games and, and things start to get going down here in Port Charlotte? We try not to make too much of spring training uh, and the performance in spring training. It's much more about health and getting ready for the season. But when it comes down to some of the competitions for roster spots or for starting positions, it it does matter. Uh, On the margins, it it matters. We want to see guys swinging well. We want to see guys fielding well. Uh, You know, I'm eager to see Brad Miller. Uh, He wants to be a shortstop. We believe he can be a shortstop. He didn't have that opportunity all year last year in Seattle, but he's coming in with that mindset this year. Uh, Tim Beckham, he he has a lot to prove. Uh, He'll say that. Uh, I'm not saying that he does, but he feels like he has a lot to prove. He wants to be an everyday shortstop. We want him to be an everyday shortstop. Nick Franklin, uh, he's a lot younger than people give him credit for because he's been around so long. Uh, He wants to be an everyday guy. And there are a couple of others I could mention. You know, Taylor Motter is going to come into camp competing for a spot. Uh, Daniel Robertson is, is a big part of our future. We feel good 
with the candidates that we have in the middle infield and how it shakes out is going to be the fun part of the, the next seven weeks. And then when you look further back in the center field, you got Kevin Kiermeyer and, and, and uh, it's just a real nice luxury to know that he's there. When I look at this roster, I see depth, as you're talking about, which leads to Kevin being able to make the move to bring someone off the bench in a big spot. Like, I can picture Pierce coming off the bench when we face the Yankees with the big lefties late in the game. Uh, but, as you've even said, maybe we even at this point have one or two more position players from, that can fit in that puzzle right now. So even though the the spring training competition is there, but it's not there, uh, is that going to be a shakedown process? Is uh, these last couple of weeks going to be you know, six weeks from now tough decision-making for you? Yeah, there will be tough decisions to make. Um, I also think uh, that the trade market is a little bit more active than it has been in years past. There are a lot of uh, free agents who haven't signed, uh, so there's going to be personnel moves on, on that side. And I, and I also think that teams are still open to uh, to making upgrades through trades. And, and so you know we're looking at our roster full of guys and, and know that if it started today, we might have some really difficult decisions. There might be an odd man out, but things work themselves out over the, the course of, of spring training. And we saw it last year, you know, with, with DeJesus. Um, he was a big part of our club last year, and, and people were talking about him not being on the club. Uh, things happen, um, and you know, what I'm excited about is that we have a healthy club coming in this year. We have more players than spots. That's a great position to be in. It creates a little bit of awkwardness at times, but with the way Kevin communicates with the players and the openness, I, I think we'll be able to defuse that situation. Speaking of diffusing, it, it kind of became a thing last year with the whole pitchers two times through the order. I know it was, again, uh, it's, it's asked ad nauseum, I'm sure, to you guys, and I know it is to us uh, when we're out and about in the community. It, it, it kind of became a little bit of a thing, but it was also, as you said, maybe out of necessity early on because we, we lost a Drew Smiley. We lost an Alex Cobb. We had a Nathan Carnes who was unfamiliar with American League hitters for the most part. We had a Rasmo who was trying to still get stretched out at times early on in the season. We had some other guys that were still trying to work. It, it really didn't really become a real big thing until we lost Jake Odorizzi to the DL, it seemed, because it seemed like Jake and, and Chris were giving us innings, and then the other three guys, it was kind of being divided up, and that's how it was working. Do you feel, though, if we can hold this starting staff together and, and keep them healthy, that it won't become a thing? I mean, I know there are some numbers that say two times through, but is it, it's just a game-by-game basis. It's not just the raised velocity playing, playing it. So, no, it's, a, it's definitely on a game-by-game basis. And then in the game, it's, it's Kevin and the coaches trying to figure out how to maximize the chances of us winning a game, keeping the bullpen healthy healthy, fresh, so that it can be ready for the next game. It's a real juggling act, but it comes down to what Kevin said in the press conference earlier today. Uh, if we have healthy starters and the good starters that we have in the starting pitching, uh, it gives us a lot more room to maneuver. And if we score more runs, it's going to give us a lot more room to maneuver. We played almost every game last year. It was a one-run ball game uh, in the fifth or sixth inning, and that makes them for, really, some, for some really difficult decisions in-game um, because it's always tight, and every decision, the lead is hinging on it. Uh, if we can score more runs and get a little bit more breathing room, it's going to allow everyone to pitch a little bit deeper um, and not have the same strain on the, the pitching staff and the bullpen that we had last year. You and Kevin have said, we're just saying at the press conference earlier today, that there may be some more guys that could cross over from one inning uh, to the next out of the bullpen. Two guys that come to mind, and we were talking about this last week on our first show, Matt Andreessen and Erasmo Ramirez, showed you last year that they 
could perform in a lot of different roles. And I, I think of those two guys right now because maybe they're not in that top four necessarily of, of Archer and, and, uh, and Smiley and Moore and Odorizzi. And you may not need a number five man for that long. But those two guys could be a pretty important member of your staff because you could use them in so many different roles. Is that the way you guys have looked at it? Yeah, it is. Uh, we're looking at our relievers and making sure that we use spring training just to stretch them out. Um, you know, Erasmus is going to come into the season as a starter. Uh, Matt Andres, we're going to have him stretch out as a starter. Uh, but you can always shorten guys up. Um, and when we have relievers, we just want to make sure that they're prepared, their bodies are ready to be able to pitch a little bit deeper if necessary. Um, We'd love to be able to, to play games where the starter goes seven, you hand it over to one bullpen arm, then another, and you win the game. It, it doesn't always work out that way, and so we want to make sure that we have enough length in the pen to be able to cover the innings when the starter doesn't go that deep. And Erasmus smiled for the first time today. We understand in spring training, a smile that seems to last all year long with that guy. I think he smiled all off season, and then he showed up here and he was smiling. So uh, I haven't seen him yet, but I'm, I'm excited to, to give him a hug and welcome him back. Well, it's good to see you smile as well, Matt. And again, uh, I know it's going to be a different spring, a, a more settled spring. We're looking forward to things getting started here, and we're excited for uh, what uh, may be to come here in 2016. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. And, you know, FanFest, please, fans, come out and meet the radio team because I'm sure that's what our fans want. They want to meet the radio team, not the players, but the radio guys. So it, uh, it's a big attraction. Well, you get what you pay for when you come by our table and, uh, and, and get those autographs, that's for sure. Matt, thank you very much for taking the time. Rays Baseball is back for 2016. Single-game tickets go on sale tomorrow, February 19th at 10 a.m. exclusively through RaysBaseball.com. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the Rays' 11th straight sellout for opening day. Visit RaysBaseball.com or call 888-FAN-RAYS. Raise up. With Andy, I'm Dave. We'll take a break. Come back. We'll hear from Matt Moore. He sat down with Neil Solons. That's coming your way as our countdown to opening day show continues right after this on 620 WDAE and the Rays Radio Network. With Dave Wills, I'm Andy Freed back here on Rays Countdown to Opening Day as we are, we are literally counting down the days until opening day, April the 3rd against the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, a year ago at this time in Port Charlotte, Matt Moore was coming off Tommy John surgery. He had spent the entire offseason rehabbing and trying to get himself ready for what we were hoping would be maybe a midseason return. As it was, he did come back. The initial return did not go so well. He went back to the minor leagues, got himself right, and he was absolutely fantastic for the Rays in the final month. And with that, I think it makes everyone feel a little more secure about what Matt's going to bring to this rotation uh, starting 2016, uh, a major, major part of it from the left side. Neil Solons, he got a chance to catch up with Matt Moore. Thanks, guys. We continue on our Countdown to Opening Day show. And joining us now as pitchers and catchers officially report here on Friday is left-hander Matt Moore. And Matt, great to be with you for a few minutes. What's the offseason been like for you and how different is it now from where we were a year ago? Thanks for having me, Neil. Um, yeah, it's it's been a, a great off season, you know, all around. Just being able to put the ball and glove down, um, you know, and just clear my mind up from, hey, look, I'm healthy. That's the that's the biggest part of this game, I think, for us so far is just um, remaining healthy and able. And I think right now, um, that's that's one of those feelings I probably appreciate more this time of year than I did. Uh, you know, last year about this time. So it's um, very happy to to have the ball coming out the way it is right now and, and physically be where I am. Off-season-wise, for you, what's normal? Like, when this was a normal off-season, I guess, how much time do you 
put the ball down before you start doing work for the next year and and was this normal in all regards there yeah you know I threw the last game of the season um last year and I want to say I didn't pick up and start playing catch again until about mid-December and that was you know maybe a little bit maybe two weeks longer of a break than I typically had had um you know but throwing from basically September to October um was the first time in my life doing that and um, you know, so just taking a couple extra weeks, I think trusting myself um, that it doesn't have to be this longer, this big volume workload heading into, um, you know, I already know how my arm feels coming back. I'm, I'm healthy. This is um, almost like back to how it was going into 13, going into 14, or excuse me, going into 12, um, where, you know, we're just trying to get get strong and make sure that we're healthy going into camp. You know, a lot of guys going into camp have goals in mind. You know, Jake Odorizzi last year put on weight. He wanted to make sure that, you know, he had a certain, uh, you know, ability to handle the innings and thought that that would help him. Was there anything in particular you did this off season? Obviously, you gave your arm a little more of a rest, but is there anything you did like core-wise or body-wise that you said, hey, I want to get better at this this off season? Nothing, nothing too big of a change. Um, you know, the volume in the weight room, I started – November 12th was my first day um, getting back in the weight room, and that's kind of the first phase of our offseason and, and getting ready for the next one is about a month of weightlifting and, and training before we start to even play catch again, and then we play light catch, and we're still still weightlifting. Um, you know, and then as we get into our bullpens, we may cut back one or two lifts a week um, and still get, you know, two or three lifts in, but... Um, no, I've, I haven't had any complaints, uh, you know, over the course of, you know, last seven or eight years, minus my elbow, which I'm not necessarily thinking contributed to any part of my preseason stuff, but, you know, just, just right now doing the things that I've done in the past and working out with Cobber and getting in with BK and some, some of the guys that are in here. Um, I just like working out with my teammates, you know, I like being around the guys. I think we push each other. Um, just being around the group, getting to see us in moments of struggle, you know, those are when I think, um, you know, there's some bonds made right there. And, and that's absolutely what, what the case is this off season with just, you know, just getting stronger. And we're all looking forward to, you know, to being in a good place when we get to camp. Matt Moore with us on our Countdown to Opening Day show. And Matt, you mentioned, you know, you were talking a little bit about your off season and your workout. Did you do it all here? This year, were you because last year you basically were kind of landlocked. You had to do all your work here because you're coming back from surgery. Yeah, this is <clears throat> this is a great facility for for what I need it to be, and you know the amount of people that are coming in here during the winter. There's not many, and um, I, I don't live too far down the street, so this is it would be um, you know pretty wild idea to think to drive a half hour away when I have a, a really good weight room here for me to get my work in. You know our trainers are coming in um, more days than you know than I'm sure most, but um, just to kind of have that same feeling throughout the year, um, I don't have a problem with it. You know I think sometimes um, you know you kind of can go stir crazy being in the same room after a while, but um, you know I, I do enjoy the work in there. It is at times can make it feel like you're suffering a little bit, but I do I do enjoy my time in there. I, I enjoy my time here at the Trop. Um, so for me, it was an easy decision to, hey, let's just keep going back in here. The weight's the same same as it is everywhere else. 
you get to travel a little bit more, though, I would assume. Where'd you, did you get away anywhere for uh, for break this year? I know you had probably less of a break last year to get away. Yeah, um, took a two-week road trip with my girlfriend and my two dogs, and um, we went up to southern Illinois to see some family. Uh, then we went down to Albuquerque to see uh, the rest of my family. Coming back, stayed with Dal- uh, stayed with Drew Smiley in Dallas, and then came back. But that took us about 15 or 16 days total. We stayed, you know, four or five days in each place. Actually, I guess we stayed closer to t- closer to 10 days in New Mexico. But it was uh, cool. We got to see two feet of snow while we were there, and got to get on the quads and use the four wheel drive a little bit. Uh, so Anna got Anna got a kick out of that. You don't get a whole lot of snow out here, that's for sure. Uh, and I'm sure it's nice to kind of get that, that whole change of scenery. You know, you mentioned before, you know, getting to see guys like Hopper. Um He and Chase Whitley are going through what you went through last year, knowing, hey, I'm not going to pitch in games in spring training. I'm getting ready for some point during the year. What advice do you give them now that you've gone through that whole process? Um, just to keep your head down and stay focused. You know, just because we're getting cranked up and it, it's not quite their turn yet. Um, it will be soon enough, you know, and, and even though you're at, you know, nine months, what, what you know, I think they're somewhere around there. Um, it, it definitely seems expedited once you get to that off the mound phase, you know, because then it's, um, you know, you're right around the corner from getting into games, getting into rehab games, and then, you know, getting back into competing at the highest level is something that's pretty hard to replicate, but if you're not, um, if you're not ready for it, and that's one of the things I think we've talked about, is just you know don't be so anxious that you you wind up setting yourself back because you're throwing too hard. But at the same time, it is right around the corner. It may feel like you're at the halfway point, but the last half goes a lot quicker than the first half. And certainly, those guys will be welcomed reinforcements as the season wears on. You know, you take a look at the starting staff right now: yourself and Drew Smiley, who both finished the year strong, Jay Cotarizzi and Chris Archer and Erasmo Ramirez, and that doesn't even include guys like. Matt Andreessen, and we'll touch on Blake Snell a bit. What's your take on the staff going into this year? I think it's on par for, for where management here likes things to be, and it's a surplus typically. Um, typically you have one or two, um, you know, just horses up there, guys that you can count on, um, the bullpen can count on. So and we have we have all those things set up this year heading into it. So I think that, um, you know, they've done a good job of just making sure that, that our strength is – continue to be our strength and that we're in a good place heading to spring training with like you said a surplus with Andres and, and Snell um you know, I think everyone's in, in a in for a great surprise when they get to to meet Blake and they get to watch him work what do you know about Blake and what can you remember from your first spring training it was 2012 after you already made your big league debut what advice do you give to someone going through their first big league spring training because he's not the only one, Taylor Guerrero, Jake Faria. There's some talented young arms that'll be in camp. James Schultz, Jamie Schultz too. Yeah, you know, I think um, one of the things that somebody told me a while back um, was just to be yourself. And it's it at times feels hard your first time in a locker room like that. But um, you know, if you can kind of step away and think about things, the reason why we all get invited in that locker room is because we're all special. We all have something that we're good at. And we do really well. And I think for a young guy, you know, just to focus on the things you do well um, and to to really capitalize on it. You know, get get in the, you know, nobody's looking for you to throw a better slider if you don't have a better slider. We're looking for you to do what you already do, but do it well. Do it consistently. And that, that message kind of sometimes is uh, a little bit harder to understand when you're not, uh, when you haven't 
been there or quite experienced that nobody's asking you to be somebody you're not just be taylor Guerrero, be your blake snell because that's plenty who helped you the most that first spring training or that first time you stepped into a big league locker room in 2011 and can you be an example now from what you've learned for those guys to get that message across you know just the presence shields had james shields had in our in our clubhouse was something that i'll i'll always remember you know i would say he definitely um you know, left a lasting impression on, on what a leader is and how to how to kind of take a clubhouse, you know, by the shirt. But um, I would say, you know, David and I clicked pretty well our first year as well. It was just uh, still a young young point in his career where he was still, um, I guess, looking for the consistency that, that we've seen over the last few years from him. But, um, you know, me coming in, he felt like, hey, this is, this is a good time for me to grab this guy and let him. I've been there, you know, two or three years earlier. This is something that um, you know, he's probably thinking about, and that was, you know, one of his messages to me, man, is just have fun, just play baseball. That's why, that's why I love it here. That's why, you know, at the time Joe had, had going on was he just wanted everybody to feel relaxed so that we could, we could be comfortable. And, you know, the idea being when you're comfortable, you're, you're going to do, you're more likely to do the things that you're, you're good at, you know, as opposed to being tight or trying to press a little bit. So, um, it takes a little while. I don't think, any number amount of people can say hey just be yourself have fun relax but in the end once you do kind of um you know embrace that i think things do come a little bit easier how much did the last month of last year do you think help you have that comfort and relax going into 2016 because I, I thought you pitched probably as well as i've seen you since probably the end of 2011 when you came up i think it was important you know and i didn't I didn't want to shy away from any opportunity that I had based on, you know, the first month when I came back, it sucked. And it was, um, it wasn't fun for, for me. And I'm sure it wasn't fun for people to watch, but, um, you know, my job is to get guys out. And the best way I know to do that is to repetition, get back out there, get on, get on the horse and, um, let's go. So when, you know, we were talking about who's going to start the last game of the year and I'm, I'm trying to get these guys to let me pitch every, every opportunity I get a chance to just, the more reps, the more the ball comes out, the better it felt, the more, um, the more ground I felt like I was making up that I still, you know, I still had a ways to go. Um, at the end of the year, seeing the fastball get up there a little bit more into the mid nineties was, um, definitely encouraging. So to have the results and to have a little bit more of the velocity come out. Yeah. It makes, you know, it makes me feel like, you know, myself heading into camp and there's, there's none of that to worry about. Was it more physical or mental for you? Um, that last, what you saw that last month um at the end I think it was mental you know I think I kind of reached a boiling point where I wasn't concerned about what happened to my arm you know and it it wasn't in a you know a, that I, I didn't care about it, it just it kind of took a while for me to say look rip on this thing you know it's okay it's good you can go on it again and I think it took a while to kind of figure out what that intensity had to be like so once I kind of found a, a good place with both of those um, I kind of started to feel like myself again and certainly it doesn't hurt to have a pitching coach like Jim Hickey around you how much did he help in that process and how much can he be of help for some of these young guys when they first get into spring training Hick's good man you know he does I think he does everything you can ask for a pitching coach he's gonna um, he's going to have the information, the intel for a hitter, you know, as far as going through the rehab process, um, you know, those are, it's, it's different, different in that, um, you know, he's, he's only there when we're, when we're pitching 
to, to live hitters and trying to get guys out. But to a, a new young guy, I think that he um, and he brings a lot to the table by not bringing a lot to the table. When he having said that, it's he's not trying to make Blake Snell into David Price. You know, he's gonna watch Blake work for a while before he has anything to say about him. You know, he's not gonna try to put his fingerprint. Um, or get his hands on somebody that, look, man, may, he may not have to even touch that guy. That guy may need to know exactly what he needs to do, and you never know that until you see him work for himself without somebody else in his ear. And I think that's one thing that we all appreciate about Hick, maybe even the most, is that um, while maybe something could be said, he won't always say it because he knows that um, you know we're, we're our own pitching coach and, and ourselves. Chatting with Matt Moore on Countdown to Opening Day, and, and Matt, Pitching and defense are obviously what is the hallmark of the Rays over the last bunch of years, but they had a lot of offense in the offseason. What's your take on the additions? You've probably had a chance to talk to some guys, see some guys, take some swings here either at Tropicana Field or down in Port Charlotte. Uh, it's it's always good when, you know, we're we're getting guys that we're not going to have to face, right? <laughs> like Corey Dickerson, you know, we've – played against him maybe I think a, maybe a year before last or maybe not but just seeing him on highlights and watching him in here hitting the ball off the screen um, you know met Logan Morrison um, we got some obviously Brad Miller was in here the other day but we're looking forward to it I mean it's kind of like getting new new teammates is like getting new new classmates so uh, I think it adds to the energy in camp it's gonna um, you know help us embrace that um, that teamwork, that team camaraderie where we have to get to know each other and and kind of forge those friendships before the season starts. And that's, um, you know, we're looking forward to that. Best of luck in working toward that and creating a real good team bond as we head into 2016. Also, best of luck. Hopefully it's a very healthy year for Matt Moore in the race. Thanks for a few minutes. Thank you, Neil. That's Matt Moore on Countdown to Opening Day. Guys, back to you. All right, Neil, thank you very much, and thanks to Matt Moore and Dave Wills. You can imagine this rotation this year with the, the two righties with Archer and with Odorizzi and the two lefties of Matt Moore and Drew Smiley, how wonderfully balanced that is. And then whoever slides into the number five spot, probably a right-hander, although then there's Blake Snell, another lefty. So I, I think it really speaks to a lot of balance in the rotation. But to see where Matt Moore has come in a year's time, to see where he was when he first came back, and, you know, it's tough to go back to the minor leagues, even though we knew it was hopefully going to be for a short period. But there was no guarantees at that point in time. His last several starts of the year, he looked, I think in some ways, almost better than the old Matt Moore prior to the injury because he had better control and command. He had better control and command. And, uh, again, kudos to Matt to, to getting that done. Again, he rushed back. I'm not saying in a bad way. He was, uh, you know, trying to get back to help his team out. And as you said, it just didn't work out. So he went back to AAA, did some things, regained his confidence, and pitched that way till the end of the season. And I think he went into the offseason then with a better frame of mind. I know he's physically better, but I think mentally he's also better. And, you know, when you start thinking about this rotation with, uh, with Chris Archer and with Drew Smiley and with Matt Moore, Jacob Arizian, who may be the number five game, whether it's Erasmo to start or who knows, uh, we'll wait and see. But at the end of the day, there's so much thickness there. And what we, you, you kind of forget every once in a while, too, is that there's two all-stars in that rotation, and then there's two guys who could possibly be all-stars before their career is over. So that's one of the reasons why a lot of people like the Rays and uh, the Wakota folks like us right now. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, there, there's 
very little argument that the Rays might have the thickest stunning rotation going to the American League East. We'll see how that does play out. They have to get through spring training, though, because we were saying mm. a lot of the same things last year. And then Alex Cobb went down, and then we lost Drew Smiley, and it, uh, it, it, it sent us into a bit of a tailspin. Hey, enjoy yet another Rays spring training at Charlotte Sports Park. We're here today. It's beautiful and getting ready by getting your season tickets now for spring training. Get the best seats, biggest value, and an exclusive hat and T-shirt. Visit RaysBaseball.com slash spring or call 888-FAN-RAYS. Raise up. With Andy, I'm Dave. This is the Rays Countdown to Opening Day show. We'll take a break, come back, and start to wrap it up and get you ready for our next week's show right after this on your home for Rays Baseball, 620 WDAE and the Rays Baseball Network. Well, we are indeed on the eve of pitchers and catchers getting ready to report, as we've mentioned already through the show a couple of times, that there are dozens, if not maybe 40 or 50 guys who are already here working out, and then pitchers and catchers will report here over the next couple of days, and then the first workout will be on Sunday. And then uh, the full squad will be here about four or five days after that next week. And Andy Freed, again, a big day tomorrow because opening day and regular season tickets will go on sale to the general public at RaysBaseball.com. Again, at RaysBaseball.com. And then on Saturday, you can pick them up at the ballpark in St. Petersburg at Tropicana Field or at the team store in downtown Tampa. So uh, the off season is all but over right now. And I think we're all glad of that. And it is time to get this thing started again. You know, for those that are thinking of coming to opening day, too, opening day is a Sunday this year. Uh, the Rays play a 4 o'clock game on Sunday, April the 3rd. I was thinking about the Rays against the Toronto Blue Jays. They, after winning the division, they'll be on the road uh, in a place where they used to have a, a hard time winning a Tropicana Field. I'm guessing, Dave, I'm guessing it'll be Chris Archer and Marcus Stroman. That's my guess, but we shall see. Uh, who knows? It could be Marco Estrada for the, as well as he pitched last year for the Blue Jays. But they're an interesting team in that first four-game series. It'll be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Then an off day, then the Rays go to Baltimore, and then the season's really, really underway. And, you know, and again, it's, it's, it's here. I mean, we're looking forward to uh, getting things started. Our first uh, spring training broadcast will be on RaysBaseball.com on March the 2nd when the Rays will entertain the uh, Washington Nationals right here at Charlotte Sports Park. We've had a chance to walk around the ballpark a little bit today. The field looks tremendous. Uh, the guys have done a tremendous job. The backfield's all ready to go for all the workouts. Again, the facility itself is all spruced up. They were cleaning up the seating area uh, today. The team store is open downstairs. I've already put a dent into my spring training account by picking up a few things down there. I mean, you know, again, it's that time of year again. It's going to be good to be back down here in Port Charlotte, uh, staying down in the Punta Gorda area. Again, we, we've really been welcomed with uh, open arms here over the last uh, several years, and we've got the uh, the Boys and Girls Club baseball event that will be coming up on March the 12th. So, again, don't forget, single-game tickets go on sale to the general public tomorrow beginning at 10 a.m. at RaysBaseball.com, and then on Saturday you can get them at Tropicana Field and also at the uh, Rays Team Store. And then don't forget, a week from Saturday is uh, Fan Fest that will be at Tropicana Field. Everything's free. You do have to pay a nominal fee for some of the autographs of certain players. But as we've said, too, you can come see us, and we'll give you an autograph for free. But then again, you get what you pay for. Right, and uh, it, it, things benefit the ALS Association, Rays Baseball Foundation, and it really does go for a good cause. And you talk about a tradition. I mean, Rays Fan Fest, uh, free to get in, free to park. Uh, always look forward to, to that. And, you know, and just talking about Silverman a bit today, hearing some of the things that he said to us on the show, that he's anxious to see Brad Miller play baseball. He, uh, you know, Kevin Cash wants to see Blake Snell 
pitch a baseball. And finally, these things are going to go from being two-dimensional on paper to three-dimensional. And, you know, the, the chemistry, I think, is already very different. We were touching on that in our opening segment. Uh, just between the front office and, and Kevin, uh, he seems a little bit more relaxed this year. I think I know from an offensive standpoint, Dave, and maybe we could roll back the tape to many years that we've said this, but I know I feel better about the offense this year than I have mm-hmm. in other years. Corey Dickerson, I do think, you're, sure, people are making something about the altitude, but hitters can hit. Let's not forget, he played in the minor leagues too, uh, and you, you, that altitude isn't everywhere. Uh, I, I think that's going to prove to be less of an issue as the year goes on. You know, and I think what we do sometimes have a tendency to, to look at the newness of spring training. Let's look at the new guys and what they're going to bring. Let's not forget about the guys who have been there. I mean, for me, when I look at uh, what's going to go on this spring training and into the season, I'm anxious to see if Chris Archer can take that next step. I think he is a great pitcher right now, obviously an all-star pitcher last year, but can he become an elite pitcher? Can he be a guy that can consistently go into the seventh and eighth innings and give his bullpen days off when he starts? That's what true number one aces do. Can he take that next step? Can Jake Odorizzi take that next step? Can Matt Moore continue to progress where he picked up from last year? Those guys. And then, you know, can Brad Boxberger, what's he going to be like? He had some rough sledding there toward the end of the year. Can he put that out of his mind and get off to a good start and help settle this bullpen down at the beginning of the year? The catching situation has to be ironed out. You mentioned the shortstop spot. But then let's see, can Evan Longoria come back a little bit? I know, again, I know his name is still circling purple every single day we play an opponent, but maybe now with a little more cushion around him, can he maybe get back to where he was four or five years ago? And another interesting guy that I'm going to be watching a lot during the spring, Steven Souza Jr. I was really expecting him to really progress a little more than he did last year. I think the injuries curtailed that, but I'm really looking forward to see if Steven Souza Jr. can be an impact player in the middle of the Rays lineup as well. And how about the fact that two shows have gone by and we've hardly mentioned the name of the team MVP from a year ago, Logan Forsyth. Could he hit 17 home runs again? Could he he still be a middle-of-the-order force? And when we talked to Kevin last week about Logan, said, well, could you move him down the lineup? And he said he he thinks he kind of found a comfort level in the middle of the lineup. Who would have thought that when we got him a couple of years ago? It's going to be interesting to see who's going to be. I'm looking at our lineup card uh, that we have here in Charlotte Sports Park. Who's going to be at the number one spot? I mean, it's all going to be kind of uh, interesting to see how it plays out over the next several weeks, but I'm glad it's finally here. All right, Dave, another show in the books. Uh, Two down and several to go, and we've got so many things coming up on the calendar. Great to be with you again. Thanks to Neil also for putting together his interview with Matt Moore. I know I'm excited. I know around the country that word, those words, pitchers and catchers, it's here. Somebody, Some of those have already reported. Ours will be here in a couple of days ready to go. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. It's time. It absolutely is. Our countdown to opening day show is a presentation of the Rays Radio Network. The executive producer of the Rays Radio Network is Larry McCabe. Tonight's show is produced by Chris Miller and Jordan Caballellos. Our studio engineer, Brian Allward. And our production assistants, Lauda Espina and Jesse Feldman. Thanks so much to our guests, Matt Silverman and Matt Moore. We are here every Thursday on 620 WDAA, our countdown to opening day radio show. So we will be here next Thursday at 7 o'clock. And we look forward to talking Rays baseball with you every single week leading up to the 2016 season, opening day, April the 3rd. For Dave Wills and for Neil Solons, I'm Andy Freed. Thanking you for listening. This has been Countdown to Opening Day on 620 WDAE and the Rays Radio Network. Thank you for listening to Countdown to Opening Day. Corey swings and launches one way up into the air into deep left field. All the way back and gone. Home run, a two-run shot for Evan Longoria. If you missed any of the show, download it at RaysBaseball.com slash podcast. What a blast. Join us at Tropicana Field on February 27th for Rays Fan Fest. The 0-1. Swing and a tapper toward third. Evan charging. Bare hands. 
throws, Rays win! Chris Archer goes the distance, and the Rays beat the Astros by a score of one to nothing. For more information, visit RaysBaseball.com.